You're in the trenches with Dave Lapham. This is Dave Burke, the Cincinnati Bengals. Big win over the Atlanta Falcons, 35-17. And Dave, you saw all the action, a lot of action, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But I want to start with defense because other than a little hiccup there late in the first half, this Bengals defense really shut the door in the second half. Yeah, I mean, you pitch a shutout in the second half in the National Football League, I don't care who the opponent is, you're getting it done. And uh, so, obviously, without giving up a point, given a very few yards, I mean, the defense's uh, record of not allowing a touchdown in the second half is intact after seven weeks in the National Football League. That is not an easy thing to do to keep people out of the end zone for an entire half in seven straight football games when a lot of these games, you know, come down to the very last possession. It's, it's incredible the way the defense has performed in the second half all year long. Lou Amarillo's defense, 214 total yards given up. I mean, you said that 107. I mean, we, we talked about it when you did your keys. You said about the Falcons being, you know, more of that run over the pass. But this time in this game, they were equal. 107 passing, 107 rushing. And, you know, a lot of players had to step up in this game with the injuries. Talk about those guys who stepped up and filled roles. Yeah, but uh, what I was referencing is they pass, uh, they run the ball and play selection much more than, than pass the football. And I, I wasn't referencing yards. I'm saying there's only three teams in the, in the National Football League that run the ball more attempts than pass attempts. And the Atlanta Falcons are one of them. And today, in a game that they were down two scores right away, down 21 nothing at one point, and, and down two scores the entire football game, they ran it 29 times and only threw it 13. I mean, they, they, their ratio of run to pass was two and a half greater than throwing the football, which is, un, I, I couldn't believe it. They never abandoned that, that mentality of, we're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball no matter what. And, uh, and the Bengals did a, did a good job of shutting that, uh, that running game down. Mariota ends up eight for 13 for 124 yards, but 75 of them came in that one touchdown pass. So the other, other seven completions – you know, I mean, he, he goes for less than, uh, like, he goes for 49 yards on the other seven completions, seven yards per completion. So the Bengals did a great job. They handled the, the, the running game. The Falcons, one of the best rushing teams in the NFL, they were rushing for 161 yards, 165 yards a game coming in. They got 107 on 29 carries, 3.7 per. I thought that was the story of the football game and the way the Bengals just handled that running game. Uh, the longest run they allowed of the day was 11 yards. So I thought that they just uh, they, they handled the line of scrimmage, you know, very, very well. And, and today, first down was the down. Joe Burrow came into today's game uh, leading the National Football League on third down uh, quarterback uh, rating, passer rating. And in this football game, first down was where all the action was. I mean, uh, all the touchdown passes occurred on first down. You know, Joe Burrow had a 60-yard touchdown pass on first down he had a touchdown pass of over 40 yards on first down i mean it was it was incredible they they had a 60 yarder a 41 yarder a 33 yard touchdown all on first down they had another four uh three plays of 20 yards or more on first down they destroyed them on first down extremely aggressive they didn't wait till third down they were like we're going to get after it and and we're going to we're going to be extremely aggressive and we're going to spread the field and they went up the backfield, spread it, and the Atlanta Falcons were struggling in the secondary with injury and performance, obviously. Uh, you know, they were struggling 
statistically coming into this football game, the Bengals felt like they had mismatches everywhere, and, and they took full advantage. And you got three receivers, Dave, that almost had 100 yards receiving. Chase has eight catches for 130 and two touchdowns. Tyler Boyd has eight catches, a career-high 155 yards and a touchdown. T. Higgins, five catches for 93 yards. I mean, Joe Burrow distributes the ball again like a point guard to all these guys. and There's 481 yards, and he almost had three guys with 100 yards receiving each. I mean, it was a thing of beauty to watch him attack this uh, Atlanta Falcon defense. Yeah, Joe Burrow, 34-42, 481 yards, three touchdowns, plus adding a rushing touchdown. Uh, the running game, I mean, you can sit there and you can say, hey, Joe Mixon, 17 carries, 58 yards, not a great average, 3.4, uh, but he had a touchdown. And you sit there and you look at this offense. Today, that, that passing game was just what the Bengals needed. It, it just opened up early and often. I thought the most unbelievable drive of the game, the last one, they started their two-yard line. They keep the ball all the way to the other two-yard line and sit on it to end the game. I mean, they basically said, yeah, we're, we're just going to, you know, keep control of this football, and we're going to move the chains, and you're not going to be able to stop us. And, you know, uh, we're not going to kick a field goal. We're not going to necessarily score a touchdown on you to embarrass you. But if you can stop us, uh, you know, so be it. They didn't have to. Bengals took a knee after the penalty. How about the, the play they did with Hayden Hurst where they motioned him? He went under center and did a hard count, just like the Kansas City Chiefs do. With Kelsey, they've done that with Kelsey, and they draw people offside. And Hayden Hurst did a great job of it, and draws Jonathan offside. And the Bengals get a first and goal, you know, inside the uh, the five yard line. They just take a knee and end the game. So I mean, you go the length of the football field, literally, you go 90 plus yards, and Atlanta can do nothing about it. That that's big time stuff. And you know, you have over 500 yards offense, and uh, you know they 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 said after the the. Uh, game last week against the New Orleans Saints, they felt like they'd found their identity offensively. And uh, based on today's performance, I think they're, I think they've got something cooking. I mean, 66 plays, 537 yards, 8.1 yards per play, almost the first down per play. Pretty impressive. And, uh, you know, they, they, they did a lot of things really well. The only red zone possession they didn't score on is when they took a knee to end the game. So they scored in the red zone three or three last week, two or three this week. Uh, that, that's that's pretty pretty good stuff as well. And uh, they had the ball for over 33 minutes of the football game to less than 27 minutes of the football game for the Falcons, who want to play you know the type of uh, game where we're going to control the ball with our running game. We're going to put you uh, in trouble in that regard. The Bengals ran 21 more snaps than the Falcons did. 21 more snaps and had the ball, you know, for about seven more minutes than the Falcons did. You mentioned Hayden Hurst, six catches, 48 yards. That play there on the hard count was awesome. You have to feel great for the young man because the Falcons decided not to, to bring him back, and he had a chance to go out there and, and show that, hey, you guys made a mistake. I can play in this game. Yeah, and uh, they decided they had Hayden Hurst on the roster. He went from the Ravens. The Ravens drafted him in the first round out of South Carolina for a reason. He ended up going to the Falcons, and then the Falcons said, all right, we're going to draft Pitts, you know, with a, with a top-five pick in the NFL draft. And uh, what did Pitts do today? He was targeted five times. He had three catches for a grand total of nine yards, three yards per. His longest catch was seven yards. Hayden Hurst, uh, you know, in, in a much, much different dynamic there, he was targeted eight times, six catches, 48 yards. And he's becoming a fan favorite the way he finishes every play. 
his run after catch, his yards after catch, he is bound and determined to get every possible square inch he po- he can get out of it, and the fans really uh, really respond to it. So, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's starting to evolve to what we thought it was going to look like. Joe Burrow is now 100% healthy. There's no doubt about that. And now he's back to seeing the football field and in and, and a rhythm and timing with his uh, talented skill players that, that we hoped uh, was going to, you know, happen. And, you know, missing all of training camp and coming off an appendectomy, you know, that's not an easy deal. Uh, LC, you know, dealing with the back issue, they, they just, you know, took them a bit to find that rhythm and timing. Now they're starting to find that rhythm and timing uh, as an offensive line group and the uh, skill players are as well. It's scary how good they could be. It really is. And the H and H boys, Hubbard and Hendrickson, each come up with a sack today. Uh, but uh, any any update at all on Trey Hendrickson as he left the game uh, late after the the one play where he kind of hit his head? Yeah, Trey Hendrickson. They called it a neck injury. To me, Dave uh, had those kind of things before. You know, the stinger. I think that's what happened. I think he you know stretched his neck a little bit, and you get those stingers. It's a pinched nerve and. It goes right down your arm, and your whole arm goes numb. And you know, then all of a sudden, you get pins and needles. You start to get the feeling back, and you know, it just it might take a little bit. I, I hope that it's nothing more than that. I'm just surmising and hoping, I guess, because there's no medical uh, declaration other than the fact that he suffered a neck injury. But the way he was walking off the field and twisting and turning his head, and and uh, you know, working his way into the locker room, to me, it looked like it might have been one of those pinched nerves. And, at that point, at that stage of the game, why the hell put him back out there? Uh, they had a, a very comfortable lead and finished it off uh, without him having to uh, risk any more injury. You're in the trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics. And Dave, Joseph Asai, a young man, we, we man, we got all excited a year ago on that first preseason game against Tampa Bay. I mean, today, he got, he got his first chance to really get in there and make some plays when Trey Hendrickson went out. Yeah, and, and he's he's another guy that's a rangy athlete, good guy, a good good. Um, he's got uh, length and strength. Uh, he's he's a he's a heck of a football player. He played University of Texas Texas on scholarship. Uh, there's a reason, you know that that, uh, that 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 says a lot. Let's put it this way: the Falcons threw the ball 13 times. The Bengals got three sacks. The Cincinnati Bengals, <laughs> they th- they threw the ball a few more times than 13 times. Bengals threw it 42 times, and the uh, Saints accumulated three sacks. So the sack per play ratio is uh, off the charts to the negative for the uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, giving up three uh, three sacks and 13 pass attempts, and it's respectable, more than respectable for the for the Bengals. There was only one sack where it was a scheme sack. They got a free runner, you know, off the edge based on a schematic. Uh, they basically Dean um, Pease uh, had a had a pretty good pressure package that that brought one more than the Bengals could block based on their rules. And he dropped guys out. He's, he's one of the masters of, I'm going to put, you know, seven people to the line of scrimmage. I may only bring five or may only bring four, but you don't know what four or what five. And he got the Bengals on one of them. Other than that, it was pretty solid all day long in terms of recognition, communication of what they saw, guys uh, getting hat on hat and blocking people up. Because uh, Dean Pease, you know, you realize, man, Burrow's hot today. I'm going to have to bring a fifth. I can't just rush with four. Offensive line's protecting him pretty well. He's picking us apart. I'm going to have to hurry his reads. Uh, and he'd bring a linebacker downhill with regularity. He'd bring a defensive back off the edge. Uh, but the Bengals did a good job. And Joe Burrow recognized when he was responsible for the, un, 
the uh, unblocked guy, the free runner guy. He knew he had to get it out of his hand. That guy was going to get there. So everybody operated at a very, very high level of efficiency. There's no doubt. A lot of concern on the inside of the Bengals defensive line. The loss of a DJ reader uh, was huge. It's been a few weeks now, but today we got a chance to see rookie Zach Carter step up four tackles, one assist. And then Jay, I'm going to make, I hope I pronounce this properly. Uh, to a Flaley, uh, to uh, three tackles, to Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's, uh, he played well, he played well last week against the saints. And, uh, man, this, this kid, big Samoan kid that has a very, very strong lower body, a very big base, strong legs, uh, very wide in the buttocks. I mean, he's, he's hard to move off, uh, off the line of scrimmage when he anchors, man, he's got tremendous anchor ability. And his heroes, Doma Top Peco, a guy that Bengal fans know all about. The other thing about him, though, is when you're when you, when he's two gapping you and, and you got to come off the football, and you know you got to come off a little lower, a little harder. Once you start coming off the ball with uh, your chin over your skis too far over your feet, he's got he's got that quick move. He showed that quick move where you know he's got to swat and then swim over the top, and it's a good pass rush move he uses, but he uses sometimes on on a rundown to get penetration, and he did that. And, made a hit behind the line of scrimmage. He's a good player. He played he played very well. The rotation, I thought I thought Tyler Shelvin gave him good snaps. They brought him up off the practice squad. Uh, the rotation uh, worked for the Cincinnati Bengals on the defensive side of things. And as the old saying goes, if everybody does a little, nobody has to do a lot. But Dufele, Carter, Shelvin inside with B.J. Hill, um, Osai on the edge with uh, Cam Sample and Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson, that rotation – Held up, you know they were down Gunter, they were down Tupo, they, they were they've been down DJ Reader. I mean, it, it was a it was a pretty good effort by everybody. And then Akeem Davis Gago led the team in tackles, so he had to step up in in the absence of Logan Wilson. And the way the Atlanta Falcons run the football, your your linebacker, your middle linebacker is going to make plays. If the defensive line does a good job of keeping blockers off of them, which they did. Uh, he's going to make a lot of tackles, and Akeem Davis Gaither ends up leading the team in tackles, probably like Logan Wilson would have uh, just the same, obviously. And um, you know, it's like uh, coaches are going to tell you, "Look, uh, we expect a high-level performance out of you. Uh, do, are we going to miss our starter? Yeah, our starters are starter for a reason. But you, you made the NFL, young man. You're a good football player. We expect you to play at a high level. If you weren't a good player, we wouldn't keep you. And, and we expect you to be able to perform and perform at a high level." And he did. He went in there and did his job. And uh, that's that's when you're starting to develop players. The team's starting to uh, develop and grow. When your your players that uh, don't normally get a bunch of snaps have to expand their role and get snaps and play at a high level, a consistent level. And that's what Lou Anarumo got out of his defensive players. Uh, you know, other than that 75-yard touchdown pass and the one drive, 16-point job, obviously. The Falcons executed well, but... A 75-yard touchdown pass was a shocker. No question about that. But that defensive football team only gave up 17 points and, you know, very skimpy, just a little over 200 yards. Pretty good day at the office. Another welcome sight, another rookie, Cam Taylor Britt on the field, taking a lot of snaps today. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, and he's he's back from surgery, an abdominal surgery that he had to have taken care of and, um, and he's he's a, he's a guy that plays at a very high level with football intelligence, very competitive, good special teams player as well. You know he's going to continue to increase his role um, in terms of number of snaps. I mean they drafted 
They drafted a couple of defensive backs pretty high in the, in the draft, and, and, and they expect a lot out of them. Dax Hill and, and, and this young man, and he's, he's stepping up. Dax Hill is, is, is going to be a, a good football player for this team for a very long time. Again, you know, you're talking about roster depth. You're talking about, you know, not just starting players, quote, starting players as such. You're talking about, uh, you know, people that you can, you can lean on. I mean, the Bengals, the Bengals back up across the board in their secondary. Mike Thomas and Dax Hill are the backup safeties. Well, I trust both of them in the football game. Trey Flowers, Cam Taylor-Britt, the backup corners. Yeah, I'm good with that. Uh, Jalen Davis backs up Mike Hilton. Yeah, that's pretty good depth there, too. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's not just the starting players. It's, uh, it's other guys. And, and if you prove to the coaches that when you get an opportunity to play that you can handle it, you're going to expand your role even if there's not an injury. You know, they're going to go on a rotation and keep guys fresh. If I can pull you know, one of these guys out and, and keep them fresh and we have uh, you know, real fresh horses for the fourth quarter, that's good for everybody. But the guy that goes in for him when you're trying to get that rotation going, he has to hold up and be able to play. And these young players are starting to show that. You're in the trenches with Dave Lappin, brought to you by First Star Logistics. And, Dave, we've got to talk about it. The Bengals will now go back into AFC North play. The Cleveland Browns, prime time, Monday night football. Um, they get a little extra day to get prepared for the Browns, who uh, gave the Ravens everything this afternoon but fell short. A big, big, big game for the Bengals in this one. Huge game. The Bengals are four and three, and they're they're tied for the best record in the division. But you know, Baltimore beat them, and uh, Pittsburgh beat them. They're zero and two in the division. Got to get a division win, and the opportunity to get that division win is in Cleveland on Monday night. And we talked about this that uh, you know every point uh, during the season, at some point in time, I should say. During the season, when a team ends up being a playoff team for the Bengals, they go on a run. Um, you know, back in 1981, our run was in November. Five games in the month of November, we won them all. November to remember. The, uh, the Super, Bowl, Super Bowl team, Super Bowl 23 team, in 88, they started off 6-0. They, they had their run in September and into October, and it gave them a margin for error. They ended up going 6-4 and the rest of the year with a 12-4 and record, the number one seed, getting off to that great start, having the run in the beginning. Last year's team was at the end of the year and then into the, through the playoffs, you know, the three playoff games. They, they caught fire at the right time. They were seven and six halfway through uh, November, caught fire at the right time. So will this be the time where they catch fire? They got two wins under their belt, and they go to Cleveland, and then they got Carolina. If they can go on a four-game run going into the bye week and then come back and take care of business at Pittsburgh, you know, and make it five in a row and win a couple of division games in the process, and even that division record at two and two, you know, while you're looking at a six and three record before the bye, you'd be seven and three if you beat Pittsburgh after the bye, and be even Steven in the division. Now, now you're talking like you're you're really back in the game. So um, it was, this was a pivotal game. You know, Atlanta was playing uh, pretty good football, coming off a big win for the 49ers, 28-14. Although the 49ers were beaten up, I think they were down six or seven defensive starters in that football game, but. You know, it's, you've got to play who's available. It's the National Football League. And uh, it's, now the, bang, the Bengals, Joe Burrow mentioned it during the course of the week. said, I think this little stretch right here before the bye week will be a big indicator on how our season's going to go. And I couldn't agree with him more. If you like what you hear on In the Trenches with Dave Lappin, brought to you by First Star Logistics, make sure to hit the like button. Also, if you've not done so, subscribe to the channel on YouTube. And if you're listening for the audio, you can find it 
on wherever you get your podcast from. Dave, your final thoughts before we let you go and get some R and R with the family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Check out the family. That's always a good thing. It, it's uh, it's good. The, the Bengals and, and Falcons uh, both had won three out of their last four football games. They were both starting to play pretty good football. So who was going to come out and, and play the best football? I think the Cincinnati Bengals showed that they were the better football team. I mean, other than 35 seconds uh, in the second quarter, Bengals won the game 35 to seven. And, and that, that you look at the uh, statistics. I mean, that that's pretty much how the game could have ended up 537 yards offense to 214. Are you kidding me? 29 first downs to 13. 22 first downs passing to five. <laughs> I mean, it was just uh, it was just one of those days. Um, and I, I do think the Bengals to put together back-to-back uh, games where they score 30 or more points. That's what this offense is capable of. And uh, the magic number is 25, Dave. And it's been that way since 2011. The Bengals score 25 points or more. They're now 62 wins, six losses, and two ties. So that's the that's the magic number when they hit. When they were up 28-7, I almost threw it out there, but I thought, ah, it's too early in the game. And uh, then when they scored their other touchdown to put 35 on the board, I threw it out there. 25 points or more, 62 wins, six losses, two ties since 2011. So it's not a small sample size, and uh, that's the nature of the beast in the National Football League, no doubt about it. And I think this, uh, uh, you know, if the Bengals continue to play complimentary football, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do with DJ Reader. You know, I've heard rumors that DJ Reader, you know, might be available for the Cleveland game because it's Monday Night Football, a couple extra days in there. I talked to him last week. He said he's doing a pretty good job with forward mobility, straight line mobility, but side to side, he hasn't really tried to do too much yet. My philosophy on it, my feeling on it, I wouldn't rush it. You know, I, I think long term rather than short term get him back for a Monday night game. Although, yeah, I mean, if he can go great, but if it's, if it's uh, dicey, take the time, you know, and uh, get past the Cleveland game, hopefully get a win out of it. Carolina, get the bye, get those extra three weeks. And then he comes back for the final eight game stretch of the season, you know, raring to go. I mean, now you got another, you know, tiger in your tank as such uh, at that nose tackle position. So it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. Um, but yeah, it's, it looks like the Bengals came out of today's game uh, without any real significant injury. It was scary to see Jamar Chase hobbled around a little bit. He had a hip injury that cost him some practice time. He was on a limited basis during the course of the week, and he aggravated a little bit during the course of the game, but he, but he hung in there and hung through it. And LC had a foot or ankle injury that he probably got taped up like a cast, and he ended up coming back into the football game. So I, I think that they got through this one okay. And man, if he can just get to that bye week, six and three, and heal up, and then uh, you know go to Pittsburgh, uh, you know to start that uh, start that stretch after the bye. That's another nationally televised game, Sunday night football at this stage, unless it gets flexed. If Pittsburgh continues to have the upset wins that they they've gotten over the Bengals and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it probably won't be flexed. But we'll see. The Tampa Bay struggling. There's no doubt about that. Tom Brady shouldn't have gone to that wedding. Shouldn't have gone to crash wedding. There's no, no two ways about that. But we'll see. I, Dave, they've they put themselves uh, back in the hunt with a four and three record. They're over 500 for the first time this season. They start out 0 and 2, and you know, it's a, it's it's tough to get over that 500 mark when you lose your first two. But they finally got there in Game Seven, and hopefully they can build on it and finish the season strong. 
He is Dave Lapham. You have been in the trenches, brought to you by First Star Logistics. Be sure, again, hit the like button, hit the subscribe if you've not already done so. And as always, Dave, we can't thank the people at First Star Logistics for everything they do for us. And if you're looking for a new career, be sure to check out FirstStarLogistics.com. They are hiring, and it's a fun place to be. Trust me. Dave, Dave and I are there every week, Dave. It's, it's a great place to hang around. It is. There's no question about it. I mean, everybody's uh, everybody's pulling the rope in the same direction, and uh, there's a lot of highly motivated people uh, that, that are involved in your success. But it's it's all on you. I mean, if you're a hard worker, you have a good work ethic, uh, you, you can you can do well. You can do exceedingly well. And uh, you control your own destiny. But there's a big team behind you to help you uh, advance your career every step of the way. So it's about as good a dynamic as you can be part of. So think about it. Give it strong consideration. All right, Dave. We appreciate the time as always. Enjoy some of this beautiful weather we're having here in the later part of October because we know sooner enough we're going to be hit with some uh, some weather on a Sunday we may not like. No doubt about it. It's coming. Mother Nature's saying, we're going to challenge you. But today, man, was it nice. It was special out there. For Dave Lapham, this is Dave Burke. Again, In the Trenches with Dave Lapham. Check it out. Every week, we have multiple pieces of content that get released throughout the week. And you will not be disappointed because this past week, oh my gosh, we had some great interviews. So, Dave, enjoy Sunday. It's been a great day. The Bengals win. 35-17. Who day? At First Star Logistics, we're a very strict company that really puts the pressure on our employees. Brakes? What are those? That's what I'm talking about, Icky. Get the body right, then the mind's right. You yeah. know, you gotta get that body right. That's right. right. Yes, sir. Become a star with a chance to earn the highest commission percentages in the industry as a freight broker agent. Check out FirstStarLogistics.com.